Well, good morning, everyone. You doing all right? Good. Anybody dry in here? Is everybody wet? I don't hear that over there, John. No, I'm not acknowledging that. Um, we all survived yesterday, right, <laughs> with uh, the ball games not going the way we wanted to, right? Everybody survived? Good. You ready for God to speak to you today in spite of Saturday? Ready? Yeah, me too. Me too. Hey, I want to welcome everybody watching online. Glad that you're here. We've been praying for the people online just like we pray for the people here, that, that through this message, through this time that you spend, uh, that God would speak to your heart. That's the most important thing. And good to have all of our junior hires in here today. Whoop, whoop, junior hires. Isn't that what we still do? Whoop, whoop, something like that. I quit about 10 years ago trying to fit into any kind of coolness. I'll just be myself, which has actually been nerdy for 20 years, so it works well with me. Hey, we start a brand new series today, which I've been looking forward to for about six months. This is uh, right out of my heart, right out of my weird mind. It's, it's kind of going to be a conceptual series. I'm, I'm going to try to connect some dots to some things in our physical world. Uh, I'm going to connect those dots to some things in the spiritual world, and really just I'm going to push the, push the boundary a little bit on uh, interpretation of the Bible. Does that make sense? So if you're, if you're here for the first time today, we don't do this every week, all right? We just pick rainy days when mostly it's our home folks and do that. But this series is, is meant for that very thing. It's meant to push the envelope a little bit. Um, and, and what I want to do is just help us to think about what if, Help us to think about what if. You know, you've heard me say for years, I have said that I believe everything that was created physically, I believe all of that was patterned off of the spiritual world that was already here, right? And sometimes people will hit me up, at, like, what do you mean by that? Well, in this series, we're going to connect some of those dots. We're going to talk about what I mean by that. So let, let's start with uh, fundamental things. If you have your bulletin, this would be a great one to take notes on. You can go to Version, also, your Bible app, and uh, take notes there. So let's start from the beginning, right? Do you, do you, are you with me on this, that the spiritual world, as we know it, was here before the physical world, right? We know that because Genesis 1-1, the first sentence in the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God in the spiritual world was here first. Then he created, he created the, the, the physical world after that. Now, let's look a little bit of what he created. Can we do that? Let's, let's try to connect the dots for a little bit. Let me show you our solar system, all right? So this picture that I'm going to show you now is, is our solar system. You can see the sun on the left, and it goes through the planets. And it's pretty incredible when you look at our solar system, how everything has to be just right, or everything crashes into each other and makes a big mess, right? It's pretty cool that we live where we live, that it's the perfect distance from the sun, perfect axis, rotation, all that stuff I'm not going to get into today, but here, here's what's cool. Let me, let me zoom out just a little bit and look at our, our galaxy, which is, no, yeah, which is what our solar system is in. So you have our solar system, the sun and the planets. You zoom out a little bit and you get to see our galaxy. This is the Milky Way galaxy. And so within this galaxy, let me throw this at you real quick. There are around 300 billion stars, which are some smaller and some larger than our sun, but our sun is a star. There are some 300 billion stars, and everybody goes, whoa, right? I mean, that's, can you imagine, there's, there are billions of solar systems in that picture you're looking at right now. Now, if you, if you got in a car or a rocket ship and took off from Earth and took off 
to the outer edges of our solar system alone, it would take you at our current technology, it would take you about 60, 70 years to exit our solar system. Flying continuously, 14,000 miles an hour. It's big. And what you're looking at are billions of those. But hold on, hold on. Let's connect some dots. Let's back out just a little bit more. And now what you're looking at, we're just going to look at a tiny one photo of a long exposure. This is actually a seven-day exposure of our galaxy. I mean, of our universe, of the whole universe. And what you're looking at here are little galaxies and each of these galaxies, these little disks that you see, are full of 100 to 300 billion solar systems in each of those. Is your gray matter hurting yet? And, and it, now that, that's just a, a photo. They pointed the telescope in an area. They waited seven days in just a little black spot in the universe. And let's, let's see what we get. And we got, in there, there are thousands of galaxies with hundreds of billions of solar systems in each one. It, it's a pretty big area. But here's one of my favorites. So if you continually zoom out, and what they did now, they took this telescope on a camera, and they took thousands and thousands of pictures across the universe. And then they enhanced them, and they put them together. And this is what we call the NASA and the space agencies and all that. They call this the universe structure. So what you're looking at, this is a, a wide shot of the universe expanse. So you're looking at millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of miles of space. And these are billions of galaxies with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trillions of solar systems in them. This is what you're looking at. God made all that in Genesis chapter 1. God made the heavens and the earth. That's probably why when you read over in Psalm 19, you get things like this scripture that says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above, which they had no idea about the universe structure, the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Can I get just a little amen on that? Just like, is, is that not awe inspiring for a little bit? But remember, this is to connect some dots. Some of you may have already known all those things. One of my favorite things about, about people as we look throughout scripture, one of my favorite things to connect the dots with are us, our human beings, to things like those pictures we showed. So let's just take the human eye, for example. If you take the eye, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool photo. It's a pretty cool object, the eyeball. Um, it's, it's one of my, as I discuss evolution with people and, and why I actually believe God did what he said he did, he created everything, that that's one of the things that we get hung up on is the eyeball because you would have to have trillions of great, perfect, lucky chances come out for the eyeball to ever evolve. So, but if you look here, let's don't get hung up on that. If you look in the eye, you go to the back layer, the retina on the back layer of the eye, and you have somewhere around a, a, a billion cones in your eye that help with your color, pick up color, and then you have somewhere around a hundred billion rods in your eye that help with the light, right? And all of that, in, remember, this is in your eye, so we're over a hundred billion things already in your eyeball. That's pretty cool, huh? And all of those are connected to about one million nerve fibers in the back of your eye called your, does anybody know what that one is? Your optic nerve, and that goes into your brain, connects to your brain, and there are hundreds of millions of neurons, which are those connections that I'm going to show you a picture of. This is a zoomed-in connection of a neuron in your brain that is right outside your retina, 
right outside your optic nerve that picks up everything you see. It adjusts the eye. It adjusts the color. It gets the white balance, all that kind of stuff, and it shoots it to these nerves. But what's great is, here's what I love. Here's what I love. There's, here's where I love to get conceptual. If you take this neuron and you blow it up, you zoom in on it a little bit, and then you set it next to the picture I just showed you of the universe structure, this is what you get. Now, I'm sure that's totally by coincidence, right? But isn't it pretty amazing that the smallest thing you can fathom looks identical to the largest thing you can fathom? And maybe, maybe, now, it, now remember the message today, the series is called Everything is Spiritual. So with that picture up there, listen to Romans 1. Don't, don't put it up there yet. We're going we're gonna to gaze at this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they, they are without excuse. You can say a coincidence or you can say I can look at creation, just like Scripture tells me, and I can see exactly the spiritual. I can see exactly what God is doing. I can see what, where things are connected together, that God has been in this from the very beginning, and everything that was created, according to John, was not was everything that was created was created from Him. And nothing that exists, nothing that exists was not created by Him. He's in all of this. And the reason this is spiritual is because he says it is. I can look at the physical things, and I can see God's attributes clearly. We're in a society when, when we have to talk about these things. Because when we, when we leave God out of the greatest miracle in the Bible, creation, trillions and trillions of stars and solar systems and universes and people and all of these things in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 alone. We take God out of that so many times in our classroom, and yet to me that's the biggest miracle in the Bible. Some people will say, well, it's the resurrection. Listen, what do you think, raising a dead body or creating the universe and everything in it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like God created it out of nothing. There was an old joke where some scientists got together, they didn't believe in uh, that God created everything, and they figured out a way to take dirt, and they made living beings out of it. And they went to God, and they said, all right, God, we figured it out. We figured out your trick. We figured out how to make people out of dirt. He goes, okay, now show me. So they grabbed some dirt, and he goes, oh, hold on, hold on. Get your own dirt. Do you understand? Like sometimes we take so much for granted. We look at the stars and the solar system, and we need to understand that is spiritual. And in everything you see, you ought to be seeing clearly the hidden attributes of God. Things that have been clearly seen since the beginning. Amen? Well, it gets better, all right? You skip down a few verses in Genesis chapter 1. You get to Genesis 1:26, and it says this. God said, let us make mankind in our likeness. And we know from John 4 that he's not talking about two eyes and toes and, and, a, and a rib cage and all that, because don't animals have all of that, right? What God's talking about is in John chapter 4, that God is spirit. So you want to know what the image of God is? God's a spirit, and he created you in his image. And the reason I know that is because, listen, he spoke all the animals into existence, right? All the birds. He said, let there be birds. 
All the fish, let there be fish. It tells us that in Genesis 2. He walks us through the process. He spoke, and it came into existence. But when he got to man, you know what he said? He said, then I formed him out of the dust of the earth. And here's the difference. Here's the difference. Then I breathed what? My spirit into him. There's your image of God. You, animals have eyeballs. That's not the image of God. Animals have ears and feet and all the things that are, we have in common. The difference between us and everything else on this planet, what makes us spiritual, is that God lives inside of us. You know what? So, so people will say, does that mean that I'm a, a physical being with a, a, a soul inside of me? And here's the first thing I want you to take away. First thing you know today, I want you to get this. This is what it is, that we are spiritual beings with physical bodies. We're physical on the outside, but we are a soul. You, you can't exist. Your soul can exist without a body, but your body can't exist without a soul. Can I get an amen? Like you're a spiritual being. Listen to this, this quote on the screen. George MacDonald, he's a famous Scottish author. He was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis, one of his friends. He was a pastor, and he said this, you do not have a soul. If you stop there, it kind of confuses you, but keep going. You are a soul, and you have a body. It helps us to understand. Like when we look at creation, God said creation is spiritual. You ought to be able to see me in creation. You, you are physical. You ought to be able to understand that what makes you tick is spiritual. You're a physical body, but you're a soul. Amen? You have a body. Your existence is a soul. Now, are you ready? Are you ready to unpack one more? Can we, can, we, can we go on to the edge for just a second? Because if you, if you keep reading about us, there's some hints throughout, throughout the Bible. This is, this is one of those hints. I love to read, and I love it when I read something 35 times or 150 times, and then you read it one day, and you go, hold on. Could he be talking about this right here? Because he said this a bunch. Here's one of my favorites about us, about human beings. Galatians chapter 3, we're studying this in our men's Bible study on Wednesday night. We actually, I think, studied Galatians 3 or 4 this, this last week or a week before. When Paul is trying to teach these new Galatians about their faith, these Gentiles, these non-Jews that have given their life to Christ. He wrote this letter to the churches in the Galatia area to help them understand, listen, listen, God's got a plan for you. Since the beginning of time, he knew you. He goes through tons of stuff. But listen to what he says when it comes to practical, physical, and spiritual. Here's what he says. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Everybody say race. Oh, come on. Say it like you watch the news. Everybody say race. Mm -hmm. There is neither slave nor free. Everybody say social justice. Ooh. One more. Nor is there male or female. Everybody say gender. For you are all one in Christ. Here's my take on that. You know this whole race thing that wherever you are, well, everybody's talking and it's on the news. It's, the whole, that's just a test for you spiritual beings. Did, did you choose to be born the race you are? Or was it just kind of a roll of the dice somewhere down your lineage, heritage, family tree? Did, did you choose the gender that you are? It says neither male nor female. How about the social status? Did you choose to be a slave or to be free? Did you choose the country you grew up in? You see, like over and over and over, when, when Jesus says you come to Christ, 
you get a new understanding that the world is not physical, that it's actually all spiritual, and it's got some physical attributes that will help you learn and teach you lessons and will test your heart and your faith to its core. Can you look at somebody of a different race or a different gender or a different social status and understand you are one with them because you're both spiritual? Woo, we're not getting a lot of amens on that. There should be a lot more on that. Listen, I'm telling you, everything in this world that's physical is just a lesson. Just a lesson. Learn to look past the lesson. Learn those lessons young, too, so that we don't have to struggle with those things. I'm constantly running across stuff like that in God's Word. And he says, hold on, Scott. When, when you're in Christ, you acknowledge, you understand that you're spiritual in a physical body. You understand that you're spiritual in a spiritual world that's represented physically. Don't get hung up on physical things. Learn quickly to get past them. Learn qu quickly to grow beyond them. Don't let them become walls in your life. Don't let them limit your spirituality. Don't let them limit your faith. How much different would our society be if we taught that in kindergarten and first grade and second grade? We're all one. This outer shell, it's just a test. One of these days, this thing's going to die. All the races are going to die. All the genders are going to die. And we're going to be laid bare in front of God, the soul that he created in the first place. I want to be able to pass the test. Amen? I want those things to not hold me back. So if everything is spiritual, if the universe, the earth, all the physical stuff I see, it's actually all part of God's spiritual plan, then what's that mean? It's the second thing, that everything in your life, everything in your life is a spiritual opportunity. Everything. When you go to school, it's a spiritual opportunity. When you see people, it's an opportunity to influence them, right? Isn't that what scripture, all through the gospels, Jesus is constantly talking, don't worry about them, worry about yourself, right? He, like, like the couple of things Jesus says don't do, one of them is, he said, one time he said, or twice, he said twice, you should commit suicide if. Like tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean if. And one of those times, if you judge other people. Like one of the hardest things Jesus is on is judging others. Let's, let's focus on us. So, so how do we do that? Let me, let me read you a scripture in John 13. So now, we read this two weeks ago. So now I'm giving you a new commandment to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will, everybody say prove. The way you love people of different genders, different races, different social status, different faiths, things you don't understand, things you disagree with, all of the way you love others will prove that you are, prove to the world that you're my disciples. That'll prove it. That's the proof. That's how we love others. Can we get past the physical and focus on the spiritual? Every person that I meet is a spiritual opportunity to draw them closer to God or push them farther away. Listen, most of the people that don't serve God that I talk to, they're not serving God because of something God did in their life. They're some, not serving God because of somebody that claimed to know God did in their life. 
Y'all hear that? It's just the fan blowing. It's just quiet in here right now. That goes for me. That, those, those things challenge me. I want us to look at every opportunity in this life, every person, every situation is an opportunity. What about every circumstance? Is it every circumstance I go through, is it spiritual? Is it a lesson? Is it a test? Everybody say yes. Absolutely. Matthew 5 says, you're the light of the world. You, you as a believer, Christ in you, you're the light of the world. So let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Woo, I had one of these test me just the other day. Bought something. It's about $14. Yep. Give them 10 and a 5. She gave me back change for a 20. Looked at that. It's made $6. Got about three steps and we'll go, hold on. She was just supposed to give me some change. All, all I need is about 30 cents. She starts to check people out. It's busy. I'm in a hurry. Lots of justification here. Hold on, hold on. Not everybody in this store is a believer. I understand that this is a spiritual situation. I have a circumstance here that could be spiritual. I have to connect the dots for this person. Walk back over to the side and go, hey, I'm super sorry, but I gave you a, a 10 and a 5. I just needed like 30 cents back, and you gave me change for a, for a 20. You gave me like a 5 and a bunch of extra change. It's, it's okay. She said, it's okay. Keep it. Oh, double whammies. And I said, oh, man, I can't do that. Here, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to put the five here, and that's, that's the change. I'm going to put that in my pocket. And it's like, now I'm the bad guy. Now, like, you're holding up the line. I have to call the manager. I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, my fault. <laughs> and walk up. I didn't connect the dots. I didn't tell her I was a Christian. Basically, at that time, it was trying to keep me out of hell. You know, that's what I felt like. It was just trying to keep me honest. But for sure, for me, it was character. It was integrity. It was being like, God, I know. I know. I don't, I don't think God did that. It was something that was an accident. Nobody did it on purpose. But it was a test of my spirituality. It was a test of my soul. It, that circumstance was spiritual. Who knows? Five bucks and some extra change. What would have happened maybe if it was I sold something in, to, a, to a business and they were supposed to pay me 200 bucks and it was a typo and they paid me 1200 bucks. Now, a thousand bucks. Woo, you know what you can do with a grand? They'd probably fire the person that wrote it. Probably think I was the worst human in the world for not returning it. Probably one of y'all would share on our, one of our messages on their Facebook page. She'd connect the dots and hate God. You understand, like, that's the potential when you understand every situation in my life is spiritual. My job is spiritual. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. You understand, all throughout Scripture, God's trying to say, listen, I know you're working for people. But you're not really working for people. You're working for me. Everything, like, God was the cashier. You know what I mean? That, that slipped me the 550. Not, not that he was really, but like for me, it was I, I, I need to return that money like God was the cashier and he knew what he did. I need to make sure that this moment is spiritual and that he can trust me because I want to be put in situations where I can bless people much more than what I'm doing now. I want to have more authority. I want to have more understanding. I want to have more mercy and grace and gifts of God in my life. And I think that starts with five bucks sometimes. Here's one of my favorites. 
And he talks a lot about this, that every word in Scripture is spiritual. Throughout Scripture, he talks, every word that comes out of your mouth is spiritual. Proverbs 18 says, do you not know that the power of life and death is in the tongue? Right? Do you know that if, if we're sitting in a room and we're talking about our favorite teams and how great football is or our sports or our homes, our job, it's good stuff and we're excited and they, they draw your blood, they can test like your two predominant hormones, which are um, dopamine, which is your pleasure hormone, and cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And they can see, oh, here they are, 50-50, it's a pretty good day. But do you know if, if I turn and I start going, you know, I really don't like you, and I start getting mean in my body language and my, my face, and I start saying bad things and start raising my voice and start pounding and getting stressed out, they can draw your blood again. You know what happens? Your dopamine levels are going down. Your cortisol levels are going up. Well, hold on. I'm just talking, right? Shouldn't affect anything. It's just words coming out of my mouth. But isn't it amazing that when we understand Scripture, that the things were created ever since the beginning of creation should clearly show the attributes, the power, and the, the physical existence of God. The things that God did and how he created it, the physical shows that. It's amazing because if I speak kindness and encouragement, that they can take your blood again and your cortisol levels, the things that make your heart beat faster. Things that tighten up your muscles and make you stressed, that make a chain reaction, that secrete all kinds of other negative things, that can hurt your organs, they begin to go down. I'm speaking life. I'm encouraging people. And the, the dopamine levels in your brain, they start going up. It starts going throughout your system. Your, your body starts growing better. It starts producing more white blood cells. You're able to fight sickness better, and it just goes on and on and on. And all of those things revolve just around your spiritual, just around your physical. And how many of you know that your physical, how you feel and how you perceive people and what they say affects almost everything you understand spiritually? My dad is the one that's doing that. Makes me feel bad around my dad. Makes me not want to go around my dad. And then they say, God is your father. Nah, discount me out on that one. You, you understand how everything, everything is spiritual. Romans 10.9 says this. Here's another, every word is spiritual. And I'm going to wrap up. If we confess with our mouth, everybody say physical. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart, everybody say our soul, he's not talking about your blood pumping muscle, all right, he's talking about where your core beliefs, believe in your soul, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, let me, let me help you out here, so many times we think, well, if I just pray the prayer, right, or if I attend church, right, and get baptized, right, I mean, I'll, I'll, what, what Jesus is showing us here, if you confess with your mouth, the physical, and you believe in your heart, the, the spiritual. If, if you can get your spiritual and your physical to line up together, you can be saved. If you can get your physical to line up with what God spiritually put in you, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, God raised you from the dead, he's got a plan for your life, and you get your physical to line up with that, you can be saved. Isn't that awesome? Everything is spiritual. Everything revolves around our spiritual. Yet, in the Hebrew language... 
the language of the Jews, there is no word for spiritual. There's no word. You read throughout scripture and Jesus will say, okay, it's like this. The kingdom of heaven is like, and he does that about a dozen times throughout because there's no word for spiritual. He has to come up with a phrase. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And then he'd give us an analogy. So if you walk up to a disciple and you say, all right, I'm following Jesus. I, I, I love him. He's awesome. How do I grow my spiritual life? And the disciple would go, what? How do you grow your spiritual? What do you mean? Because everything is spiritual. This is just a physical representation of what's going on spiritually. The question should not be, how do I grow spiritually? Ever. But yet I've asked it a thousand times. I think I've even preached messages on how you grow spiritually. The question should be the last point. How can I make the most of every opportunity? That, that's the right question to ask God. That's the right question to ask the disciple. That's the right question to ask in prayer. How can I make the most, Lord, at my job? How can I make it the greatest opportunity with my kids or my grandkids? How can I have the greatest opportunity at Walmart when they give me the wrong change? How can I make the greatest opportunity wherever I go? Because if I believe everything is spiritual, everything is you, Lord. How can I make the, the greatest opportunity? And here's how you can do it. I'm going to give you the answer for that, right? Here we go. Remember that everything is spiritual. Everything. The last six months putting this together, I have, you can't imagine how many times I've been in the shower and it hits me and I go, okay, is this spiritual? Yes, that's amazing. Is this spiritual? Yep. Oh, that's weird. Is this spirit? I'll be out in the back mowing the lawn. I'm thinking, is that spiritual? Oh my gosh, that's spiritual too. How I treat my dog? What? That's spiritual? Yeah. Everything that we come up with in this world, it, it's spiritual. The physical was created. Now, this is a terrible way to say it, but it's, it's like a practice run. It's, it's a big giant test. It helps us to understand that there's much more, even when you're totally distracted by the physical, by the person that's in front of you or the situation that's in front of you, by the pain that you're going through. The hope is, Lord, I'm going to try my best in how I handle this. I'm going to follow what your word says. I'm, that's going to be my prayer. How do I make the most of every opportunity? Because I believe it. But I'm going to do my best now, Lord, because I believe that every single thing is spiritual. Physical's going to pass away. The body's going to die. But the soul and God and His plan are forever. Lord, our prayer is today. Our prayer today that you would help us through every situation in life, every minute, every location we're at, every person we deal with, every thought we have, every word we want to speak, every situation, that we would understand that it is spiritual. From our eye to the universe, we are able to clearly see the attributes of God. We're able to see your power at work. No wonder you gave, every illustration you gave involved, well, it's like planting a seed. It's like the rain. Well, it's like watching the animals store up for the winter. Whatever this illustration was, you always use it to explain the spiritual. 
I pray that you'd help us, Lord, make the most of every opportunity. That we would love this crazy love so that people would see our light in us and give you glory. Help us to make the most of every opportunity, Lord. I pray that your word today, your scriptures, your truth would stir our hearts, would quicken our souls, would commit our mind. And that you would help us from this day forward to never see anything the same. Every opportunity would be a spiritual opportunity in a physical world. With your eyes still closed, I want to pray for anybody in this room that hasn't got their heart aligned with God yet. If you've never been able to say, you know what, I, I do believe that Jesus is Lord. And my heart, my mind, and my flesh, all of it together, it, I'm trying, I'm believing that God raised him from the dead. I believe all of that. I don't understand it all, but I believe it all. Then I want, I want to pray for you today. If you've not committed your life and your heart to him, today can be your day. When you take the first step, the first step, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come down front because I believe God can work his supernatural miracle right where you sit. But if that's you, you say, today, today, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender to him and let him be the Lord of my life and following the rest of my life. If that's you, will you just give me a little wave and it lets me know you're making that decision today. You bet. Anyone else? You can put your hand right back down. Anyone else? I'm proud of you. Say, I'm making that decision today. You don't have to say anything. Just, just give me a little wave and it lets me know. While you're praying, Scott, you're praying for me. Anyone else? Awesome. And as I pray, will you just tell him? Say, that's me, Lord. That's me. Teach me your ways. Jesus, we love you today. We do. We love you with all of our understanding, with everything that's in us. And when I read things like this, this, this message in your word, that the heavens declare your glory, that through creation we're able to see you in everything. Lord, it makes me desire and hunger to be more like you. And today there are those in this room, Lord, that are taking that first step to be like you. They're opening their heart and their souls today. They're giving you permission to come in and be their Lord, their Savior, their best friend. So I pray you'd forgive them of their sin. And from this day forward, you would teach them how to live for you. That you would show them you'll never stop loving them. That you are faithful till the end. Help them to stay faithful, to never give up, to never quit. And help them, Lord. Help us all to see everything, everything in life is spiritual. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. It changed our life. It's in your name we pray, and everybody said amen.